You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here, where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may have been unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here with my co-host, India Jackson, to get the dialogue going. So I'm going to keep my intro short and sweet, and I'm going to let you guys get into this um, interview. It was me in India, and essentially it almost turned into a live coaching call, um, and it was basically us talking about how there is this place of kind of paying attention to your social media um, or your marketing and kind of seeing what's happening where it's kind of being perceived a certain way, and I think it's important whenever you are putting yourself out there to stay authentic to yourself and not internalize maybe how others are feeling about it. Um, She was kind of seeing where there were some people that would see these athletes. And uh, when we say athletes, uh, when it comes to what India does, it's very often uh, bodybuilders, competitors. um, And they're essentially... In some of these cases, when they're actually competing, they're in next to no clothes, but you can really see all of their work. So this is not because there's little clothes, but it's because for some people that can begin to knock or uh, push up against some of their delicate sensibilities. Um, The fact that they are kind of changing their bodies in this very specific way it can come up for some people and I think sometimes what happens is is this happens and there are people that are like oh I I don't know what to do with this I don't know how to see this and how to feel about it and hearing kind of the conundrum that it would raise for her and how to stay in her authenticity how to market to all of the people that she's talking to from an inclusive way and yet not feel any let not let have anyone feel excluded essentially making sure that no one felt lesser than or not seen or like they weren't being addressed and i think it's important to talk about how one person may feel like oh i'm not being seen and where someone else is like well but i can't be seen because it makes you uncomfortable and it can sometimes be a little bit of um tug and tug of war 
So take a listen to this episode, hear what this looks like. And as always, come back, give some of your thoughts, share your insights and your takeaways over on Instagram. Uh, We're also on Twitter, so feel free to do that as well. But either way, share what your thoughts are and um, yeah, listen in. So this is literally one of those times when we were talking and we literally hit pause on the play and said, all right, you need to record this. So we're talking about if you are running a business and you are marketing yourself and you wonder whether or not the images that you're posting are triggering people or how do I want to put it? Or maybe you could put it better than me if I'm not framing it well, but. um, Uh, I don't mind being transparent. Uh, Go for it. Part of what our clientele are at Flaunt Your Fire is some of them are athletes and some of them specifically are physique athletes or what some people say is bodybuilding athletes, meaning they are judged on a stage for what their body looks like instead of how strong they are. And I I guess we were just talking and like, (laughs) I I realized like, hmm, I noticed that when we post a picture of a pretty girl with ads, that we're less likely to get people to continue to watch the stories to the second post versus when we post business owners on Flaunt Your Fire. And I'm just curious to know your thoughts on A, like, my awareness around the fact that that could be triggering people and their body image as well, or in some kind of way to see girls in sports bras and shorts in the gym (laughs) that have these so-called perfect bodies. Um, But then I guess the other question that immediately popped in my head after that was why should I have to hide something that they've worked very hard for and are proud of to censor other people's feelings. Isn't this about flaunting your fire and being able to be yourself? I don't think that anyone should be in a place that they have to minimize their um, accolades because it makes other people feel lesser than. Um, I think that's more of a conversation around why does someone feel lesser than because of someone else's um, achievements? And to me, it speaks to like a a bigger kind of societal thing. But I, the strange thing about it is, is it's come up recently how people can feel like, well, I don't want to limit your ability to speak, you know, your truth or any of these kinds of things. And I feel like there's this, strange space of using diet culture as an example of like, you can't talk about the things that you're doing for you because it triggers others. Yet at the same time, we're kind of told that we're not supposed to um, limit others from doing what it is that they want or what feels good for them because, well, then that's not fair either. So I'm kind of like, okay, so what, how do you navigate this place of, you're supposed to do you, but then I'm supposed to do me. And what the hell is happening in the middle because of all this weird PC, you can't say anything or do anything or you're going to piss somebody off. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that's good at all. So for anybody. it leaves me as a CEO 
of a company that's all about your visibility and your marketing and being yourself and branding yourself from the inside out in a very strange place and coming to you as like my person for allyship, my person for coaching. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do with that. Cause I can clearly see where maybe even in my past, I triggered people with the kind of photographs that I had and they're not like overly sexual or anything. It's literally like workout photos, but even if they were, like, if I feel comfortable in my skin, then I should have free reign to use whatever photos I fucking want. <laughs> but then on the other side, it's like, you, you, I don't know, you don't want to be in a place where you're making your people feel uncomfortable about themselves either. Even though I know that's not necessarily our shit, I'm mindful that it can bring up stuff. This is where I feel like you have to simply do what you do because you can't please everybody. And there's inevitably going to be someone that's going to feel a certain way about it. And there's nothing that you can do about it because you can't please everybody. Um, because as somebody that has watched um, everything that you've done and I've seen what some of these athletes have had to go through from the beginning, the middle, you know, all the way up to show day and after, you know, it's really easy for someone to say maybe pass judgment or feel inferior, yet they don't know that maybe body dysmorphic is a thing, that maybe there was substance abuse beforehand that put them in this place that they needed to try to reclaim their own power through this. They don't know, you know, whatever this person's experience was in order to say, oh, well, now I feel a certain way because you look this way and I don't look that way. So what? If you're going to put their value on what they look like, then you've already devalued them. And who's really the person that needs to look at themselves at that point? If I'm going to really, I mean, you might think I'm an ass for saying it, but that's being honest. You know, you know that's what? not coach Preach me, that. but that's real. <laughs> Preach on that because I think that there can be a stereotype and an assumption and a preconceived notion, so to speak, that these mm -hmm. are freaking dumb blonde blackheads that, you know, have no life other than the gym. And that's just not true. Like a lot of these people have gone through terrible divorces and fitness was their way of reclaiming who they are and, working through their depression. A lot of them have had different eating disorders. I mean, you name it. Some of these people have incredible and remarkable stories. A lot of them have done this as a way to inspire a very unhealthy family that is headed for diabetes and, you know, death by heart attacks and norm. So you just really, you don't know, but I can also see where it, I had a moment today where it just really hit me like, shit. And I feel like I've been in this battle before where it's like, shit, we're posting this content and we show all of their clients and their glory and mm -hmm. we show all of our, um, our clients wins and we really want to like cheer them on and celebrate them. But then recognizing like you can't ignore the statistics that you look at and the, and the, um, the feedback and the algorithm that on the flaunt your fire page where there's less athletes, the business owners may not like the athlete content. This and is... I've noticed it's specifically the female athlete content that seems to get people to check out. But you have such a high um, 
Bless you. My daughter's sneezing. Um, you have <laughs> such a, a high um, percentage of your audience, um, business owner wise, it is female. It could be something that somehow maybe they are triggered, you know, triggered by it. Same way some dudes might be like, you know, there was a guy that we used to do a lot of photo shoots with back in the day, Proverbs, and the dudes oh, would be like, yeah. oh, but all the women would be all about that when this stuff would Oh my up. God, who is that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> So it is possible that that's a thing. Um, I don't think that there's any true way to go around that without minimizing um, the reality and, and stories of a large chunk of your community that um, you have built. Uh, I think that it could be an opportunity to talk about what does it really look like to be an athlete, you know, what what does you know this process or this, this experience actually represent for some people and i think that it's possible that people could see how in some cases there's individuals where this gave them some type of reprieve after possibly having had um a life prior to this that made them feel like they couldn't find redemption and this helped them or that they felt like they had no control in their life in any way, shape, or form, and yet they were able to dig deep down and find not only this um, ability to control something in their life, but to really tap into their resilience and to see what they are possibly capable of, despite maybe what they've been told their entire life. And I think that it's, a, it's an opportunity for people to identify with these other people and not simply write their story because they've assumed what it is. You know, it's so funny that you say that because I feel like if I were to rewind back to about two years ago in our branding, when we had the name India Jackson artistry, that is a lot of what we did is in the captions on Instagram, we were telling the stories of the people in the photos. And I realize now like it's very easy to, uh, to should on yourself. <laughs> I should be talking about marketing and branding. <laughs> oh, yep. shit. The things we land on when talking to our coach. Um, and we kind of stopped doing that yeah. because uh, I was advised in some places that it might be um, not translating into sales, but also maybe even frowned upon that this athlete community and this business community are so different that they won't be able to relate. And I'm going to completely disagree with that. I think that high performing athletes and high performing business owners have a lot in common. They just don't know it. It's very similar to the fact that you and I have talked about this and it's, you guys are going to be seeing more, more and more of it. So I have no problem talking about it, but I want to begin to really front facing connect these ethics, beliefs, and values that started with Silver Immersion that absolutely set the foundation for Erica Corday and how the people that I work with in both of these areas are connected because of what matters to them. And as different as they maybe seem, they're not so different. They're yeah. not so different. And it all it is is the same exact thing that we do when we do our ideal client magnet work, either in our workshops or with our clients, because we are literally making people connect their people through what matters to them. 
versus, well, this audience isn't going to want to talk to this audience. And it's like, okay, so you're going to write people's story and you're going to decide that they don't connect when nothing could be farther from the truth because they have more in common if you actually get down to actually what makes them who they are. Yes. Instead of just looking at their weight or how they spend their free time. (laughs) Facebook ad stuff. You want to run an ad? Sure. Otherwise, no, because your your people, whether it is the business owners, whether it is the athletes, the people that are running these brands and, and they have ambassadors, all of them have the same types of things. They're all dealing with similar types of things when it comes to their visibility and how they're showing up and who they're speaking to and how they're attracting their people. It's not, you know, it's it's not different the way that people would have you think it is. Agreed. And I, I think it goes bigger than that too, in a sense that like they're all dealing with figuring out what are they an ally for figuring out what do they want to bring attention to? What do they want to get people to rally up the troops for? You know what I mean? And that might be a little Mm -hmm. bit different for the athlete than it is for the business owner, but they are a leader in some way. So a lot of these athletes, you know, they're inspiring people with their photos and their stories on their pages. That's why we're giving them the shout outs to go check out what they're talking about because they're getting people to change their lives and to get healthy And that's huge. And a lot of these business owners are doing very similar things just for different causes. But the expectation that the things that make these two very different on the surface groups um, similar yet different and unique is no different than if you were to walk into any networking group. You can walk into fill in the blank networking group online or offline in person, any of them, and you're going to find things that connect them and you're going to find things that make them different. So why would you treat this any differently? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting spot because you can't change other people's behavior. So I'm very aware of that. I just know that as we were talking and I was going through and passively kind of looking at some of my stats on Instagram. I'm like, people fall off on the pretty female athletes. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> and, and like I said, refer back to, it's an opportunity to start some dialogue around it. But it may, it may be leading to the fact that if that's enough to trigger some people that they're not interested in that yet they don't know this person's story and they're just going to assume um then i think there's a little bit more mindset stuff there to work on than maybe yeah. they even realize so i agree i i can see how it could happen but i think that that could be a teachable moment for someone to kind of, you know, address their norms and be like, why do I feel that way? What triggered that for me? Why am I like, oh, I don't want to see that. And maybe addressing what's coming up for them. But again, this is an opportunity for you to be able to take this group of people that, again, someone is just going to assume who or or what they're about, you know, that this is what you look like. And so therefore you must be this kind of person. 
and humanizing them and teasing out the things that make them more like the people that think they have nothing in common. So are you telling me to be an imperfect ally for athletes? (laughs) Yes, comma. And I am telling you to be a disruptor because I think that it is important to break the stereotype of what a business owner does and or looks like and what a competitor does and or looks like. Yeah, that's a whole a whole other additional podcast conversation because people see the peak week photos and the stage photos and it's like, but you know, like we, we look like regular humans with fluff on us as we call it in the athlete world, you know, within two months of that day, right? (laughs) We go back to our normal body. (laughs) Well, I'll use you as an example. Someone would see your photos and I've had this conversation multiple times. So I say this because I've been on the other end of it where I'll talk about you. People will say, oh yeah, that, that girl that's on there, she's got the bikini or she looks really good. And I'm like, but you know, she's at stage fright, right? And they're like, what? She's walking like she's owning it. I'm like, she might own it, but she will tell you that she does not remember that stuff when she gets off the stage. (laughs) It's like I black out and become, I don't, I don't even remember the stage moment. Right. <laughs> and then when I get off, you're like, yeah, and yeah, you killed it. I'm like, I did, question mark. Literally, like I am talking to her because at this point, like I have screamed my brains out, like cheering her on. And I'm all like, oh my gosh, you killed it. She's like, I don't oh. see or hear anything when I'm up there. And you know, it's funny. Nothing. I've talked to multiple people. It's the same thing. Or they freak out the last two or three days before they have to go up there. Oh my gosh, am I going to like trip in these freaking heels? Because we're talking about, you see them, us in the pretty bikini and the, as I call them, the stripper heels. heels. <laughs> we're in freaking sneakers every day. Most of these mm-hmm. girls do not know how to walk in heels. No. No, it is like every sneaker girl's nightmare to wear those kind of heels on a slippery oiled stage. (laughs) Right. And, and I think people seem to not, like you said, like you're real people and people will see you and they're like, Oh, I mean, you know, I'm going to get back in the gym. And it's like, you know, I don't care if you work out or not. And you know, you can eat your burger in front of me. Like I'm not judging you. People assume yeah. that you're going to judge them, that you think less of them because they, they don't look like you did at that point because you don't even look like that on a regular day. And again, it comes from these preconceived notions of people assuming what type of person you are on the inside because of what they have perceived that you look like on the outside. Because there mm-hmm. were plenty of people that we've seen being at these shows that are looking at themselves like, yeah, I mean, I didn't work as hard as I really should have. And I'm like, what? Excuse me, say who? Have you looked in the mirror? Like, you look right. great. Shut up. <laughs> but I know because I've, I've been that person. <laughs> like when we did one of the locals, I remember that day back there with you. I can't tell you how many people I was cheering on. And there was one young lady who I think she's a sweetheart. I was literally like giving her all the praise. And I'm like, you got this. You good. You look amazing. And she, all she could think was I was sick and I don't look as good as I should have. And she was in tears. Yeah. I don't like when people want to assume because you don't know. You have no idea what I agree. looks like. I think that you're reminding me of the overlap between being an athlete and being somebody who is meat-free. 
And mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the assumption that when you order the food and you say without the bacon or without the chicken, you know, that you're judging the people in the room that eat it or mm-hmm. that you think you're better than or that you're on this mission to convert people. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't care what you eat. I, no. I'm curious to know, like, because I don't know if the audience really knows, but you've been on your own meat-free journey. Have, like, you encountered that judgment once people know, of, like, oh, is she going to say something because I'm eating this burger? <laughs> oh, yeah, I get all that. And I'm like, uh, I, I'm not judging you. Like, you got to do what works for you because there was a point to where I remember thinking, Ooh, I can never do that. And now I'm like, Ooh, I do not want that burger. I'm going to eat this here plant-based burger because I am not trying to have my stomach on fire. I have Crohn's. No, thank you. It's not worth it. And I don't judge, but it's also funny because I perceive the judgment of people looking at the two of us. If we go somewhere and we talk about the fact that we're both meat free and plant-based, but they look at you and they look at me and they're like, but I don't understand. And it's like, you know that her size and my size has absolutely nothing to do with our dietary choices, right? Which is why I don't like when people like to assume, oh, you're fat, so you have diabetes. That's not what that means either. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. You know what's funny as you say that, and I think most people listening would think like, you know, okay, I'm smaller, you know, but at the same time, I have the other side of it that people don't see when it comes to that, which is people assume that you can't be a competitive bodybuilder and put muscle on without meat. I mean, yes. honestly, that's part of the reason why I did it was to prove that it's a load of crack and mm-hmm. it's not true. And you can absolutely put on a healthy amount of muscle without killing animals, but that's a whole nother story. What I'm hearing is a laundry list of myth-busting, preconceived notion debunking going on. Yeah. A lot of assumptions. Somebody will look at me and think, oh, she doesn't work out. Actually, I do. And I lift weights. Take that. And she looks heavy. (laughs) Like, Like, (laughs) we work out, well, when we can. It's rare, but I've enjoyed being able to work out with you when I can. Right, I know. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, don't, it's not okay to assume what anybody's reality is. Whether it's you, whether it's me, whether it's any of the competitors in your feed, whether it's any of the business owners that show up in my feed about what their ethics, values, or beliefs are when you don't know, you can't decide to write somebody's story without knowing anything about the cast of characters. Just saying can't so you know i know we always give people like one thing to do or consider i'm gonna say my thing today is to take notice when you start swiping away from somebody's content and ask yourself like were you actually done consuming because i mean if you were cool we don't need to be on social media all the time or was there something about the content that triggered you And if so, dive a little deeper as to what it was and why. It's not always what we think it is. No, and I agree 100%. And I'm going to use the word normal with it because a lot of us have our ideas of what normal is. And that is something that we're not always aware of. And it can cause us to be reactive sometimes versus, you know, actually responding to something with our actions. 
and you don't know why. So it's mm -hmm. possible that like India said, if you're done, cool. If not, is it because somehow that bucked against what you consider to be normal? And I want you to question it. I think that's a really good one. Hmm. I think that there's a lot of people walking around um, with that normal phrase, but I'm going to throw that in the trash and say that there is no normal. Everyone it's is not. different. Everybody's story is different. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole thing. When you don't know what somebody's life looked like up to that point, literally that day even, like you have no idea. So you can't assume. And so I think it's very important to throw out this normative thing that you are prescribing for others and question whether or not you're prescribing it for them yourself and how it's limiting you and how it's just not of service. Throw that shit out. I love it. <laughs> this episode gave you a peek into what conversation is like with me that can support you in the changes that you want to make. Whether you are adjusting your company culture, creating inclusive hiring frameworks, or looking to begin the process of integrating your business with inclusive and equitable actions, I can help. My Ask All The Things one-to-one -one coaching package brings us together to collaborate on creating a game plan to get you to your goals. And I said collaborate because these are your goals. I am here to support you, not make you do what it is that I want you to do. This is for you. I give you tangible actions and steps to take combined with energetic check-ins to make sure you don't burn out along the way. You also get accountability support between your calls to keep you on track. I am here to partner with you as you make shit happen. Visit ericacorday.com forward slash services today to learn more. We show up here having real conversations to normalize the challenging things and make them a part of your normal exchanges. Cross lines and recreate boundaries to support, not separate. This is how we remove stigma and create real change and connection. If you enjoyed this podcast, show us some love by subscribing, sharing with a friend, or leaving us a review. Reviews are the fuel to keep the podcast engine going. Let's get more people dropping the veil and challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions. We love being here and creating the bridge for you to walk over to become the change that you want to see. So join us next time. And until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today.
ready to lead through your values?